Hi, Mill Creek. Pastor Jeremy, it's Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. I'm sitting here with my friend and music director, Ricky. Welcome to our first time of doing a podcast together. Wanted to address this very complicated issue of racism and have an opportunity for Mill Creekers to hear our heart and some of your experiences. As we were preparing for this, we shared that the problem is that many in majority culture lack an understanding of what minorities and especially black people experience. In many cases, it's a fight to get people to care. Tell us what that's like for you in this moment. Well, thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation. It's not an easy conversation, but I do think that it is necessary and helpful. Yes, I I think that that's the problem, but I think I want to start by stating the, the heart of this conversation and the reason. Our mission here is disciples, making disciples for God's glory. And that is the very thing that Christ calls us to do as as his kingdom representatives. And so the heart here is not necessarily just to understand my experience. The heart here is to prepare us to share Christ in the world with all kinds of people. And this is a good way to pray for people, to listen to people. Because if we cannot pray and we cannot listen, then we're definitely not going to eat with them, serve them, or share Christ Mm -hmm. with them. It is very difficult to answer your question, Jeremy. It's very difficult to feel like I need to convince people to care. Yeah. And that it can seem or feel like people are positioned naturally to not in majority culture. And that when I find someone in majority culture who does, it's like, oh, such a relief. Oh, I can talk to you. You see me, you hear me, you understand. Mm. And you don't think that this is a manufactured crisis, that this is made up and I don't have to try to prove to you or validate to you my grief. In the middle of my grief, I don't have to prove to you as if, and I don't mean this in a rude way, but as if I need your approval your understanding in order for my grief to be validated. Ricky, what you're feeling isn't real. Ricky, those social issues aren't real. Therefore, you are not allowed to grieve and that's ridiculous. And that's what it can feel like and what it does feel like in the culture. Mm. So for uh, whatever reasons, folks come to this conversation about racism with a framework installed that in your experience naturally positions them to reject the grief that you're feeling deeply is there a any from your perspective is that the way you see it that they've got some sort of preconceived framework or notions of how and why this is operating or how what do you yeah, think's going I, on? There? I think he, here's the reality of humanity. We are all sinners, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of us come to everything with a preconceived set of ideas based on how we were raised, who our parents were, what part of the world 
what our skin color is, what our experiences are. And we have to constantly be willing to be reformed by the scriptures. We have to constantly be willing to listen. The L in bless, which is our uh, be prayerful, listen, eat, share. I'm sorry, serve, share, which is what we push here. Listen at Mill Creek. We push that. And, and I think that all of us have struggles listening to things that cut against the grain of what our worldview is. So to the person who says a few minutes into our podcast already, and has an attitude of eye roll. Oh my goodness, why is the church talking about racism? This is a political issue. You're just trying to get political now, Mill Creek. Stay out of politics. How would you respond to that attitude? I would completely reject that. This is a theological problem. Every person that has ever lived, that is living and will ever live, are image bearers of God. And they have infinite worth. And racism is an assault on souls that are image bearers of God. Just like Jews shouldn't have been in concentration camps. And just like my wife and I have a set of friends who are white and they were adopting a black child and that fell through because the folks in the the nurses in the hospital those black nurses in the hospital did not want that white couple they convinced that young black girl to keep her baby mm. that was racism and that was wrong mm. just like abortion is an assault on image bearers racism is an assault on image bearers and the idea that racism no longer exists is anti-biblical if mm. that's a way to say it mm. the only thing that cures sin is christ and we are still living in a fallen world mm. racism in some ways is hate in the heart and jesus would compare that to murder but we in our world would say well murder is worse than racism if people are still murdering then how are people not still racist mm. what sin has been cured none right we still even believers who have the holy spirit still have to fight against sin yeah this is a theological problem it's not a political problem mm -hmm. it's a theological problem well said just this morning i uh was reading from an author who connected racism to second samuel 21 where you had this uh group of the gibeonites where saul and his house had put gibeonites to death and god called david king david to do something in response to this racism. So I especially appreciate highlighting the problem of racism is not merely political, it yes. is theological. And of course there are politicized aspects of everything in our culture, but we are called to the kingdom of Christ before we are called to the kingdom of politics. If we want to say that racism doesn't exist or is not this big of a deal, in alignment with a political stance, then we are walking in sin. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is where I certainly want to push on any frameworks that are placed in authority above the Bible, as if the Bible needs to submit to a political framework or any external framework that you place on the Bible is um, at its root, I think, an idolatry. And 
I, I wrote this down, you had shared it with me earlier. It's unfortunate when the conversation on race and justice does not start with the Bible, but instead occurs after death and property damage, looting and riots. And in this over-politicized moment, perhaps because people, frankly, are not very familiar with the theological position with racism in the Bible, they're much more familiar with their political talking points, maybe we shouldn't be surprised that some of these conversations devolve into political back and forth instead of theological truths. So absolutely, rioting and looting is is wrong. Here is what is difficult for me to swallow. When believers, specifically, cry out against rioting and looting more so than they cry out against injustice against a human being. The buildings and the economy consequences that are going to happen to those business owners, all of those things are horrible. The way that the rioting and the looting and the burning of buildings is going to affect taxpayers and communities. And uh, I was on the phone with my father and in Raleigh, North Carolina, the capital of my home state, they were burning down a CVS and me and my dad were thinking about the people who need their medications and how difficult it can be to get your medications transferred to another place. Oh my word, what's going to happen to the diabetic that can't get their insulin? Mm -hmm. That's so important. Yes, so those things are important. But if we're just crying against that and not crying against any human being who is held under the knee of anyone else, police officer or non-officer for eight plus minutes, that's where I that's where I have a problem. And and I also want to say I'm not a Democrat. And I'm also not a Republican. I'm not a radical leftist. I'm a black man. And so to equate to equate the wailing for justice with radical left sentiments is hurtful and devaluing. It's another way that says your grief isn't real. That's just a political talking point. That's just the radical left or whatever the the cliches are. Yeah. Well said. It's unfair to characterize you and stereotype you into a corner mm -hmm. to somehow want to dismiss your perspective. Well, the reason that I am not a Democrat or a Republican is because I, I frankly have, have issues with both parties. And I, for me, I feel to walk with the Lord, there are things that I have to cry against on both ends. And so it's just hard for me to... And so I say that to say to our people... This is not coming from a political place for me. This is coming from a place of experience. Mm -hmm. This is coming from a, a man who has a nephew and a great nephew and who has seen racism. Well, this is what's hard for us in majority culture. We seem to have a tone deafness to the racism that impacts the world. Some of us have a tendency because we don't understand it or we're tone deaf to it we can even move to a position of dismissing systemic racist organizations or structures dismiss racism and think you know the justice system it can handle the problems just let justice have its due course 
moment. Do you see that as a problematic response? I do not have confidence in our justice system to properly handle these situations. And I don't want that to be a trigger for our listeners. Okay. I My uncle was a police officer and, and served in the military. I have a first cousin who is a police officer who served in the military. Uh, one of my best friends is in the military. I support our military. I support our law enforcement systems. I don't have confidence that our justice system can deliver true justice because I understand that our justice system is led by sinful men. So I think we should all be able to say, no, our justice system isn't going to handle this right because our current justice system says abortion is right. Mm. Come on, friends. We know that's wrong. So why with abortion can we say our justice system is wrong? But with racism, it's, oh, they'll handle it. Okay, our justice system still has racist laws on the books in some states. Mm. We had a justice system that allowed Africans to be shipped over like cattle across waters to be enslaved, to be beat, to be ripped away from families, to be raped, to have to sleep with a slave master and have their kid. This is the justice that has been in our country. And this is not bashing America. This is acknowledging that all institutions in this world, all churches, all people will have unjust policies, unjust people. We are all sinful. Mm-hmm. And nothing, none of our institutions, our constitution can exist in this pure and holy and perfect place until Christ comes down and purifies this earth and there is a new heaven and a new earth where he is the just one. Well, I appreciate you sharing this to the person who's not convinced. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. To the person who's not convinced, Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia. Come on, friends. This black man was shot in the street like roadkill. And someone may be thinking, well, look at his record and where was he going? And he was going into this house. And that's an infuriating response to that. Let's say this man was going into a house to steal something, which is not the facts. What gives two citizens the right to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner for this gentleman? That is not biblically or legally correct. So let's put this idea of let's look at his record and what was he doing to the side. This man was stalked, followed in the street, on video camera, murdered. And then his murderers and the person who videoed it went home and watched Netflix, ate macaroni and cheese, uh, went to the grocery store, paid their bills, went to their kids' sports games, whatever, for 70 plus days. A murder that was captured on video camera footage for 70 plus days. And that says to me as a black man who just moved from Georgia, that I can get shot in the street and nobody care because I'm worthless. And you may say, oh, Ricky, that is, 
you're going too far. That's excessive. But here's the problem. This is not the first time it's happened. It's happened over and over and over and over. And I know it's hard for people to stomach this idea that everything, why do black people always bring up slavery? Well, let's let's consider that. If you have been in, in an enslaved people, while majority culture is building businesses, they are farmers that black people are working those farms for. They have an economy that's working for majority culture and you're slaves, okay? Then you're freed and you have no economic floor. You, have, you, you, you still have nothing. You are still considered less than human. You still don't have the right to drink out of the same water fountain, use the same bathroom, sit at the same counter. That is the truth of my ethnic group in this country that has been trying to fight back from a history redlining that happened right here in Kansas City, yeah. Troost Avenue, I believe is mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. Redlining happened where you are forced to live in a certain inferior, separate but equal schools that are separate but never equal. So majority culture is, is building universities and prospering in this way. My father for 15 to 18 years worked in the school system as a mechanic with the Cumberland County School System of North Carolina. The head of transportation said to him, as long as I work here, you will not get a raise. Mm. He got promotion after promotion, did not get a raise. Finally, someone went to the school board and the school board was only able to get him three years out of the 15 mm. of the raise that he, they, they were taking food from his, kid, his family's mouths. Mm. Systemic racism is real. I was fired from a church position because once I started, there were white people there who said, we don't want to be led by a black man. I interviewed for another position in Georgia. 75% of the church wanted me there. 15% of said, well, let's not fight as a church. Let's just not have them. And then 10% said, as long as he's even coming here, we aren't coming back. Hmm. This is the reality in churches. Baptist, two Baptist churches in Georgia. Mm. To the person who's having a hard time stomaching this and wants to dismiss, am I too strong in saying, in as, as clear, kind, pastorally, gently as I can, but honestly, if you don't think racism is real, you're wrong. Absolutely. There is no indication in the New Testament that at the cross, Jesus eradicated sin from the earth. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. That's not theologically correct. Mm -hmm. What he did was his perfect example, his perfect walk, his perfect blood atoned for the sin that's still here in those who would turn and trust in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit in us convicts us of that sin. There's nowhere in scripture where, where it says it is finished. Now there is no more sin on the earth. Mm. That doesn't come until we're glorified. If murder still exists, how would what we may consider a lesser sin have been eradicated? There's still sex trafficking. There's still adultery. They're still, they're still lying. They're still robbery, looting. They're still, you name it, that sin still exists. Why is racism the one that we just don't believe is real? Mm. 
it's because we're coming to it with a framework and we are uncomfortable with how it impacts our world and and what it might say about us. Mm. And those are hard words. But if we're not willing to concede that that racism is a thing, we're theologically deluded. Mm. If you don't see a problem that it took over 70 days to arrest someone in Georgia, you're blinded. Something is wrong. If this was your son that got shot in the street, is 70 days okay? Mm. When you know your son ran through a neighborhood, obviously Ahmad was running through a neighborhood nearby where he lived Mm -hmm. or nearby where he works. He didn't drive two hours and run it. So these people are in the same community. Mm -hmm. If your son is shot in the street and you know that his murderers Mm. are in the next neighborhood over, Mm. tell me that that's just. Mm. Yeah, tell me that that's just. Well, perhaps folks at this point of the podcast are thinking to themselves, okay, you've given me something to chew on. I, I started not necessarily wanting to admit that uh, America has a race problem. I, you're helping me realize that I might have an allergic reaction to acknowledging the sin of racism or the benefits that I have that Ricky doesn't have, the risks that Ricky faces that I don't face. Which I think those two things you just said, I, I still think might be leaps for someone right now. That someone has benefits that I don't have or risks that I have that they don't. I, I still think that that could be a leap for someone. That surprises me, but I would certainly grant, grant it. I, I just wonder if this person would consider Jeremy Krause driving his little minivan, going 10 over the speed limit, kids in the back late at night is he going to get treated the same as ricky no kids and ricky doesn't have kids right now ricky driving through a neighborhood going 10 over with dreadlocks are we both going to get treated the same to the person who says of course you will i i it seems like now you're denying what is the experience of so many people i would say to that to that example I certainly think that there are plenty of policemen and women who would treat me the exact same that they would treat Jeremy Krause. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I certainly believe that there are policemen and women who would not. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of examples. Shylin is a Christian rapper. He actually came to the seminary I attended for my master's and did a, a concert. It was wonderful. More theology packed in his music than what we sing because mm-hmm. you don't have to fit it into a beautiful melody. <laughs> but he's constantly stopped. by mm-hmm. He keeps his car seats in his car mm-hmm. and his wedding. Make sure he doesn't leave his wedding band at home. And he keeps registration and driver's license. And this is the... This is the truth for many black men. Mm. If I'm stopped, my hands are on the wheel. I was having a conversation with a a black friend of mine who's a non-believer a few days ago. And he said, well, what what would you say to your nephews? And I would say, you have to be willing to be humiliated Mm. in order to live. Mm. 
So if I am stopped and I'm stopped by a cop who is a racist or who is, for whatever reason, positioned in his worldview to be threatened by me and he tells me to get out of the car and put my nose to the ground, I can verbally assert my rights and fight that request or I can put my nose to the ground so that my wife doesn't have to come get me out of jail or plan my funeral. Mm. And that's the reality. Mm. And many black men have experienced that. It's happening today. Mm. We are considered predators. There are friends of mine who have stated things that have been appalling. Two white friends, a married couple, adopting a black baby boy. And they have a friend who says, I would never do that to my daughters. Hmm. Well, what does that mean? And my white friends were confused. And then they realized, oh, so my unborn black son is going to be a predator, Mm. a contaminant Mm. to these. And I know that that may be hard for a Mill Creeker to believe that someone would say or think that. We have murderers in the world, friends. Hitler. How are we willing to think that people don't think this way? Yeah. That does not line up with scripture. Well, Ricky, end game for a moment here. Are you wanting us to understand your experience? Are you wanting to, us to understand minorities' experience at large? Or just be willing to acknowledge America has a race problem? What's your heart for our people? My here? heart for our people is this. If you cannot listen the L and bless, and your heart and mind are not open to learn and even be reformed in your thinking in this way, then it's going to be impossible for us to minister to the type of people that are out in Kansas City right now rioting. If we need to come to them with our corrections. Let me tell you why to love the Republicans. Let me tell you why to love Donald Trump. Sorry if that triggers you. Let me tell you all the things you're doing wrong. When people are grieving, it's not the time for you to walk into that grief with your worldview. It's time for you to sit in the ashes with them. Love them so that you can minister to them. If you can't listen, if your worldview on racism, on politics is even on abortion, right? You're talking to people who agree with abortion. Praise the Lord if you win them over from aborting their baby. Praise the Lord, let's do it, right? But if we don't win them to Christ, then then they're still heading to hell. So we've got to stop trying to win people with political and right-wing conservative talking points and be willing to eat with people who think differently than us. Be willing to listen to people who have different experiences than us. I have a friend who is, uh, he's been, I've known him since I was in seventh grade. He was in fifth or eighth and sixth. 
He is now married to a man and every opportunity that I get, I'm having these conversations and sharing Jesus with him. And the other day I, I shared Jesus and I said, thank you so much for letting me be me. And he said, and I know this is going to sound weird. He said, and thank you for letting me be me. He said, you could have closed me out of your life a long time ago. Mm. And every time I have the opportunity to share the gospel with this gentleman, I will. Because he is not too far gone. Amen. Because I wasn't too far gone and you weren't too far gone. Uh, And so uh, if we want to make disciples and evangelize, we've got to be able to put some of our lenses uh, in our back pocket. Lead with the right thing, friends, is what I'm saying. Lead with the right thing. Lead with compassion. Lead with a listening ear. Lead with a heart that's willing to grieve whether you agree or not. Proximity breeds compassion. I believe that there are people right now who are listening to me and understanding things, hopefully, potentially, maybe for the first time hearing it through my lens. And and they're saying, oh, Ricky, I didn't know that. Why? Because I'm a minister at your church and you love me and I love you. That proximity is giving you the opportunity to understand something that you didn't have the opportunity to understand. And here's another thing. There are things that I don't understand about somebody else's life because I don't have the proximity and the worldview. God, let me be open to understanding and hearing. Amen. Amen. This is not the only tragedy that's happening in the world. And 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 I I regret those who would pit other tragedies against this as if we can only be outraged about one thing. That's ridiculous. Mm. That's ridiculous. We don't have to say, oh, why are we focusing on racism? Abortion is the problem. Why are we focused on racism? Homelessness is the big problem. Wait a minute, friends. We can multitask. <laughs> not only can we multitask, the eye of the body of Christ is not the foot of the body of Christ. And the foot is not the elbow. God has given us different gifts and different passions. And that's why we all need one another so that we can get this thing done together by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think that it is it is telling that Emmett Till was murdered because someone accused, lynched because someone accused him of flirting with a white lady in a store. Mm-hmm. Lynched to the point that the only way they could recognize his body was by a ring he was wearing. If we think that that's not connected to today, we are, and I don't mean this in a rude way, we are deluding ourselves. Mm. Jews that have gone through the Holocaust, if we don't think that their experience is affecting their great-grandkids, mm. we're deluding ourselves. Mm. NATO exists because of World War II, yes? Mm. Like, so this is something that's still happening because of the past. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say, if you don't deal with your past, your past will always be dealing with you. Mm-hmm. And here we are again as a nation. I'm not asking for reparations and a mule. I'm asking for us to be able to listen and to evangelize the lost. Amen. May our end game be 
to allow the gospel to be what is most offensive. Yes. Not our response or corrective yes. or f- refocusing toward rioting and looting. Yes. Well, someone, someone, I posted something on Facebook and someone sent me a message and it was respectful and loving and wonderfully written. And one of the things that they challenged me on, I actually said, oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't look at it like that. I, I think that you are right. It has not changed my perspective entirely. But on that one point, it I say, absolutely, that makes sense because I'm trying to cultivate a heart that's willing to listen. However, the scriptures say, speak the truth in love as fits the occasion. No creakers. As fits the occasion. When your minority brother or sister is grieving, that is not the time, I think I've said this, for us to go in with our corrective bullet points. Yeah. As fits the occasion. That it, that's one of the moments that it's like, yeah, I, I so appreciate what you're saying. You spent 2,000 words telling me how I was wrong and 500 saying what I said was great. Mm. So then it feels like, okay, yeah, you missed the point. I'm grieving. Grieve with me. Yeah. It's not that I don't want that correction. Yeah. But if that Mill Creeker would have taken that to a non-believer, they're not going to get the response from them that says, oh, you're right on that point. Yeah. They're not going to hear Christ from you. Mm Mm-hmm. There's timing. There's a time for everything. Amen. Ecclesiastes. I've got a handful of questions I want to machine gun with you if we could. We love that you're so articulate and thoughtful. Respond to, man, I'm so glad that we've got Ricky as a music leader here. I'm so glad he's over our Bible reading plan and our care teams. It shows we're not racists here at Mill Creek. That makes me feel like the token black person. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel like a prop. Uh, oh, whew. wow, we passed that test. Mm-hmm. We checked that off the list. Man, we've got a black person here. Hmm. That means that that makes us look good. Hmm. So knowing what is helpful to say and what is helpful to not say is very important. Okay. We have a wonderful staff here. We've got folks in their 70s, folks in their 30s. We've got men. We've got women. We've got folks from different ethnicities. It would be wrong for me to say, oh, man, I'm so glad we've got we've got some women on our team because it makes us not look sexist. No, wait a minute. Mm. Cindy and Michelle and Joyce and Kathy and Dora are of infinite worth. Mm. We want all of what God has given them, all of their wisdom. They're not here to meet a quota. Amen. Amen. Well said. Next question. Nobody thinks they're racist. How do you know if you're a racist? I think that all of us have pride in our hearts. And pride in our hearts. uh, Someone said that someone says idolatry is the root of all sin. Someone says pride is the root of all sin. I think it's the same, same coin, different side. Okay. I think pride in our hearts easily produces this idea that we're better than. Okay. I think I, I constantly sit at my desk 
at work and when things come in my head that are sinful, I say, oh, no, God, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I have to say that all day, mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. There's sin that's rampant, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea that I am not racist, uh, I'm pretty positive that I am in some way, in some form, right? I'm pretty positive that I think I'm better than somebody. I'm pretty positive that there's something that I have to check about the way that I view my white brothers and sisters, even though I'm married to a white, beautiful woman. Mm. I think that my best friend is from Venezuela and I have learned so much just listening to him, things that I did not understand. Mm -hmm. I learned so, I called him on the way to work today. We haven't talked in like a week and a half, two weeks. And I just learned something about their experience of racism Mm. and their fault in racism. Mm. I think we just need to be a little bit more careful to declare that we are clean. Mm. Come on, friends. We're sinners. Yeah, what person would say uh, lying, lying, lying? No, 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 no. I am not a liar. I never, never lie. Mm. Come on. Like, we, we, we got to be careful. Our hearts are deceptive. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Our hearts are deceptive. To say that we are not something, we need to be careful. So okay. I can't accuse anybody of, of racism, but I certainly know that if we say, oh, I'm so glad we've got Ricky here. It proves we're not racist. That smells a little off. Yeah, yeah. As does declaring ourselves to be sin-free in some categories. Yes. Oh, that issue? Oh, yeah, totally. I'm perfectly sanctified in that issue. Mm-hmm. I never struggle in that scenario. And certainly there are think proclivities that each one of us has that pulls us in different directions. Absolutely. There are folks who struggle with theft. I really haven't thought much about stealing things in my life. Have I stolen stuff? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are folks who struggle with certain specific addictions and others who don't. Racism is pride and hatred. Mm. And those things are just so basic that we need to be careful when we say, oh, I've conquered that. <laughs> I've got that one under control. Well said. Okay. Well said. <laughs> Uh, in the category of things to beware of saying, uh, response to the statement, hey, I'm colorblind, Ricky. No, thank you. <laughs> no, me, thank you. Tell me more. No, thank you. I, God has created a beautiful tapestry in humanity on purpose. Mm-hmm. God, I, ha- I learn things from white people, from black people, from Hispanic people, from Asian people all the time and we are better together mm. my black manness in worship here that makes people uncomfortable is needed mm. i want to celebrate brooke Krause for who god has made her i want to celebrate joyce satiawan for who god has made her i want to celebrate my best friend angel jimenez from venezuela for who God has made him. Mm-hmm. Who wants to eat a hot dog every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Mm-hmm. Friends? Mm-hmm. No. So I'm not, let's not be colorblind. Let's celebrate God's creation. Mm-hmm. Look at the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
the scientific table, all the different types of elements, the different types of gems and the different types of, you name it, like God has created colors and we don't know all the things that God is creating that aren't in this universe. We don't know what all God is doing. Mm-hmm. We celebrate his creativity. Let's not flatten it. Let's not flatten it so that we can. And and really this idea of colorblind is a majority culture statement that sort of, that sort of, that sort of can feel like I don't mean to, to make, I'm not saying that this is what people mean, but it can sort of feel like, oh, we look over the fact that you are X, Y, and Z. That was said to me in an interview at a white Baptist church. I said, are you or your people going to the church that I ended up getting fired from? Hashtag red flag, Ricky. Mm-hmm. In the interview, are your people going to be okay being led by a black man? Oh, we look over. We can look over anything. Mm. We can look over the fact that you're black, Ricky. Yeah, we'll hire you. Mm, Heartbreaking. Yeah. And some folks will say, well, Ricky, do you really know that that's what it was? And uh, that's one of those times where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I need to convince you that that was my experience. I'm sorry, I need to lay out all the evidence in order for you to believe me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I remember one of the first times we had a phone call in an interview, and you said to me, you need to know I'm married to a white woman, and if that's a deal breaker, we should just end this right now. Yeah, because literally a few weeks before, I was I was going back and forth interim at a church in Georgia that was an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours away, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and, and and the deacon stood up and, and told the congregation that I withdrew my application. That was a lie. That was a lie. And so I called and I said, no, that was a lie. And you need to correct that tonight at your church meeting. Mm. What actually happened? When I first got there, I said, hey, I've had this experience before. And the gentleman said, listen, we will... We'll support you. We'll protect you. I'm using quotations like a human being can protect you from racism. Mm. We'll support you. We'll protect you. And as the process went on, it was exactly what I thought it would be. I see. Yeah. There were six people there who decided they would not come back mm. unless I... And, and their spouses were still coming. Mm. But they're, they're not coming mm. while I'm there. Mm. And praise the Lord, now they have a Middle Eastern pastor that's married to a Latino woman. Wow, wow. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, growth. Things not to say, all lives matter. Absolutely all lives matter. But we ain't talking about all lives right now. Friends, stop that. Why, when we focus on minorities or black people, do we have to broaden it to be comfortable with it? If I'm having a conversation about sex trafficking, it's not wrong to focus in on that specific group that needs help. Yeah. And not bring in all folks who have experienced sexual trauma. Yeah. And so it again is this flattening. It's again saying your grief isn't real. 
Mm. It's again saying, oh no, it's really not that big a deal. It's mm. really not about you. It's really not about no no, there there are there are multiple issues and thousands, millions maybe mm-hmm. of social issues in our society. And each one of those social issues deserves justice. Each one of those social issues deserves our attention, our full attention. And to say black lives, I don't go around, I've never written it on a post, I've never said it as a chant, but do I believe black lives matter? Yes. Do I believe Asian lives matter? Yes. Do I believe all lives matter? Yes. But to use all lives matter as a retort to black lives matter is another way to say, stop it. We don't validate what you're doing. We don't validate your pain. Mm. Stop this, people. Stop it. I can't imagine leading uh, initiative to increase awareness for orphan care and adoption to only have somebody come in and say, actually, no, 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 we need to focus on every kid who doesn't have proper access to nutrition and education, which I don't disagree with. Yeah. Let's do that, too. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Um, what about some of the social media posts that have um, people of color? explaining why are black people complaining about racism that's in the past why do we have why are folks making such a big deal of this george floyd murder thoughts response how's that for you i am an independent not a democrat or republican maybe i've said that earlier Mm -hmm. but the very definition of independent is I'm listening to both sides Mm -hmm. i am processing things on both sides i i vehemently oppose things on the Democratic side like I vehemently oppose things on the Republican side. I support things on the Democratic side like I support things on Republican. Every black person doesn't think the same. Every white person does not think the same. That's why you have white people out protesting, rioting, looting, right? We've got white folks who think this is ridiculous. We have white folks who are looting. Of course, we're going to have black folks who think it's ridiculous and black folks who are looting or Mm -hmm. just protesting or whatever the things. I can't speak for those people who are speaking on social media. I know what I have experienced. I know what my father has experienced. I know the pain that I feel. I know the pain of having a a close family friend say what she said about, no, I I never bring a black child into my family. Mm -hmm. I know Shylin, that rapper, I I don't know if I mentioned him. He his his son is being teased at school for having brown skin and he he comes home crying and he says, Daddy, I don't want brown skin, I want white skin. That's a reality. It goes back to this theological issue. Racism is real because sin is real. Yeah. Hatred is real. Pride is real. So racism is real. Like I said, I have two ne- nephews and one of the things that causes me to weep is thinking about them seen as less than valuable. Mm. That's painful. Yeah. And I I felt that, so I know they're going to feel it and that makes that makes me weep. I hate that for you. I hate that for them. In truth, let's be honest, friends. It's very easy to believe those who are saying the things that we want to hear, the things that support our worldview. I ask you to go beyond what is comfortable to you that itches your ears and really listen. And so that may mean there there are folks that are saying things that work for you and you saying, wait a minute, I've got a brother in Christ that's right here. 
that I do life with, or at least I see every week who leads my church. You have a choice to hear my experience, join with me in validating the truth you hear, or you can choose, as we all do, to live in the comfort of those who affirm what you already believe. It's another one of those situations where I just have to say, I love you, but I cannot allow my heart to be tied up in external validation and to not exhaust myself. I just have to pray that you would hear. For those who've followed us this uh, here toward the end, how can, how can we express our compassion to you or maybe some friends, coworkers, neighbors? who are minorities, people of color, black men, would be appropriate. You said earlier, hey, I'm not just wanting your pity and you don't just need to feel sorry for me. What would be an appropriate way as a Christian brother or sister to um, communicate our love and care for you about this issue of racism? I would say there many Mill Creekers have done this very well. Many Mill Creekers listen Many Mill Creekers just send their love. Many Mill Creekers have not made me feel like I needed to prove to them anything. What I would love to see is this this is what would make me feel wonderful. Evangelize minorities and let's not push our worldviews on them. Let's, Let's give them Jesus. Mm. And let's let the Holy Spirit and the scriptural teachings that we give to them be be what changes stances on mm-hmm. things. Don't hold up your Republican, Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, flag and lead with that. Lead with kingdom initiative. Mm. Lead with the gospel. But when you walk in and there's an emergency, you triage and mm-hmm. you deal with it. And what people need in triage is Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't need your worldview. Why do you think that your worldview is going to save people? Mm-hmm. Stop it! Mm-hmm. We, no! They don't need your political agenda. They need your Jesus, the same Jesus that you received. Give that away and put your party card, presidential, hopeful aspirations in your back pocket. Mm. And if they say something about the Republicans or if they say something about abortion or these things that you don't agree with, give them Jesus. Mm. Now, if there's a woman who is about to go have an abortion, of course, we, we, need, to, we need to attack that immediately because that's a life that, that the Lord could use you to save, yeah. right? Yeah. Ricky, thanks for sharing with us. Um, anything else that you would like to have Mill Creekers hear from your heart? I love our congregation. I have shed many tears the last few weeks and a few of them have been, a few of those have been things that I don't think were intended to be hurtful, but were hurtful from one or two people. And even those people, I'm not harboring anything against. I think that they just, I don't think that they had 
wrong intention. I feel like the Lord has called me here to minister to this congregation. I am thankful that our leadership supports my voice being heard. There is a black female worship leader that said something similar to me on Facebook and she lost her job at a predominantly white church. And that's not my experience and I appreciate that. My intent is not to hurt anyone. Right. I do understand that feelings get hurt. It's just a part of life. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a I, I don't mean that in a rude way, right? right? right. Uh, feelings get hurt. Uh, we can't we aren't we aren't called to spare one another's feelings. We're called to love one another and speak truth as fits the occasion. And this occasion was called upon by our leadership and so I'm speaking the truth. Thank you. For those who have some questions, perhaps we've touched a nerve or we've opened a new uh, thought line that you'd like to explore, Ricky and I would be happy to receive your questions, thoughts, uh, and perhaps in future uh, podcasts respond to those. Feel free to send them in to either of us. I would say in the black urban world, we say, we say something with slang and so I, and, and so I'm going to I'm going to say it. right now I am grieving. And so if your comments are not edifying, hold on to them. And the way we say it is miss me with that. <laughs> <laughs> miss me with miss me with the email that that is letting me know you completely disagree right now. I'm not saying that that we can't have that dialogue. But right now, pray for me. If you need to hold your words or your tongue, miss me with that for the, for this moment. Okay. Uh, because I am fragile and vulnerable and uh, am surprised that I've made it through this without tears. Mm. Mill Creekers, we love you. Ricky, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Let me end in prayer. Christ, may you be honored and glorified in our hearts and our actions. Spirit, we pray you would do what you promise in John 16, 8. You would convict of sin, judgment, and righteousness. Lord, to the degree and when we have racism, sin in our hearts, would you expose it and would you give us courage to admit it, to turn from it, to go to the cross, confess, be forgiven. Thanks that you have broken down all the hostility And we look forward to the day where true justice and righteousness reigns and we can live with you in perfect harmony and unity with you and one another. And until that day, we commit ourselves to you, Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.